our Old Testament lesson today comes from Ezekiel chapter 17, verses 22 through 24, which can be found on page 1312 in your pew Bibles. Ezekiel 17, 22 through 24. Before we read, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have made. And God, we thank you for your many good and perfect gifts. And Lord, we thank you for your word, which you have given to us. We pray that you would uh, help us not to take it for granted, not to think, well, of course it's there. But Lord, help us to remember that this is a gift that you have given to your church. Help us to receive it as a gift. Help us to uh, delight in this gift as it helps us to know you better. And Lord, we pray even today that through your word and your spirit, you would change us into the people that you created us to be more and more in relationship with you through Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 17. Starting verse 22. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the forest will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Turning then to John 17, verses 20 through 26, which should be found on page 1680 in your pew Bibles. This is Jesus praying with his disciples just before his arrest. He says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you in me. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and, though, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I mentioned earlier that this is our five-year anniversary in the eco-denomination, ECO as we sometimes call it, and, uh, and so it is a time to celebrate and kind of, I don't know how you do, y'all do anniversaries um, in your families, but 
I always like at a time of an anniversary to look back and to think about uh, where this started. Where were we five years ago? And uh, to take a look and see how things have changed in, those, in that time. And, um, and that is similar to where we're going to be today in Philippians. We're going to take a break from our series we've been doing in Acts. And so for this summer, we're uh, going to look at Philippians. Although in Acts, we've been following Paul around his missionary journeys. And we saw when he ended up in Philippi and how God had led him there when he was trying to go somewhere else. Maybe that sounds familiar. He was trying to go somewhere else, and the Spirit kept blocking him. No, no, no. And then he has this vision, come over and help us. And so he goes over to help, and he meets some people there, and he leads them to Jesus. And then, of course, that gets him thrown in prison, where then uh, he actually ends up leading the jailer to Christ and his whole family. And so that was in Philippi. And the, he stayed there for a bit, and then they sent him on from there, and he's gone on around. Well, at this point, he's actually in Rome in prison. And I have to wonder how much he thought about the Philippian jail he'd been in (laughs) those years before. And of course, that would come to mind when then the Philippians, who hear he's in prison in Rome, send a guy, Epaphroditus, if anybody's looking for any children's names, grandkids, anything, Epaphroditus, write it down. So they send Epaphroditus to Paul to help take care of him in Rome. They send gifts to him uh, to meet kind of his financial needs and food needs, that sort of thing. And, um, and so, of course, this is calling to mind again, the Philippians. And so he writes this letter to them. And it's almost like this anniversary thing where he's sort of thinking back to where they began. And he's, uh, yeah, somebody get that before it falls off. <laughs> the door swinging open, banging. Thank you. Sorry, they're brand new. <laughs> so he's thinking back to where they started um, all that time ago. And that's where we have what we read a little bit ago with the kids. Where Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. So as Epaphroditus shows up and reminds him again of the Philippians, he's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> These are the people I love. These are people who I have ministered with alongside of. These are the people who I met them before they were Christians. I introduced them to Jesus. They became Christians. We started a church right there in Philippi. And I became uh, their, their pastor and uh, their preacher. And then from, then from then, they sent me on from there as a missionary. And so we've had this relationship where I've been an evangelist, a church planter, a pastor, a preacher, a missionary, all with the same group of people. <laughs> and now here they are uh, sending gifts to me to take care of my needs. And so he writes to them. And when he writes to them, It is a very personal letter. It's a very passionate letter. This is the kind of letter where he's writing to them from prison while he's under trial, and he doesn't know yet if his trial is going to end in his release or his execution. And it could very well go either way. And so as he's writing to them, these people that he's known for so long, who he loves so dearly, he knows this may be the last thing he ever gets to say to them. And I don't know if you've ever had conversations with people like that. Probably so. Or you have a conversation, you don't know. This may be the last time I talk to them. Not necessarily because anybody is dying, though there are those as well. But even when you're saying goodbye to somebody, you're going separate ways, they're moving long distance, and you say, I don't know that we're going to see each other again. And in those moments, what do you say? And part of that depends 
on the nature of your relationship. And Paul has been very close with them in ministry for years. And so as he writes to them, here's how he begins the letter. I, am, I can't tell you how excited I am to get into this letter this summer. But anyway, so we're going to look at just the very beginning this week and how he starts it, kind of kicks it off and shows us where he's going. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Her God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Do you hear it? Do you hear his heart? Do you hear his passion? both for Jesus and for the people in Philippi? That's what we're going to see through the rest of this letter, and we're just going to briefly touch on this part this morning in three ways. First of all, when he says, I thank my God every time I remember you, I want you to, to do that, to think about people, like I was encouraging the kids in the children's sermon, think about people that you ought to be thanking God for, if you aren't. The people who have helped you to know Jesus, to stay close to him, to follow him. Thank God for the people who have partnered with you in ministry over the years. Do so as, as he does. He says it's, it brings him joy when he thinks about it, but also he's confident that this is something that God is doing. This is a work that God has begun, and so he's going to see it through. And so to do so with that sort of confidence. Secondly, in verse 8, where he's like, no matter what my situation is, look, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Who it is? Who do you have in your life that you, that you long for with the affection of Christ Jesus? That's very different than the kind of relationship that says, what can I get out of it? You know what I mean? Like, well, if we're friends, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. This is, this is much more of the, I want the best for you no matter what it costs me. I would be willing to give up all of my rights if it means something good for you. Is there anybody that you have that kind of love for. And lastly, the prayer. I don't know if you listen to yourself pray. And by that I mean think about what it is that you typically pray for, the ways that you pray, how you pray. What Paul is praying for these people 
is different, I think, than how we normally pray. But I think, the, I think he's got it. This is how we ought to be praying for each other. And if you listen closely to what he says, he says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. Okay, think about just that part right there. That your love may abound more and more. What is he praying? Is you Philippians, you people that I love and I long for with the affection of Christ, I want such good things for you, and here's what I want. I want you to be mature in Christ. I want you to grow up in Christ. I want you to bear fruit in Christ. I want you to be the people that God has made you to be. That's what I want for you. The two great commandments, you know, what is the greatest commandment? Love, Lord your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. But I want your love to abound more and more. That you would be people who love God more than you do, uh, love God to, more tomorrow than you do today. You love other people more tomorrow than you do today. That's what I want for you. On and on and on. That you would continue to grow in your knowledge of who God is and the insight in what it is he's doing in your life and in the world the love he has for you and the love he has for your neighbor. That your love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. That you'd be able to discern what is best. Oh my goodness. There are so many... Tim Tim Rice and Elton John put it this way in the song that opens The Lion King. It said, from the day we arrive on this planet and blinking step into the sun, there's more uh, to see than can ever be seen. More to do than can ever be done, right? Remember that? It's been a long time. There's more to see than can ever be seen. There's more to do than can ever be done. And what that means is you can't do everything. You can't see everything. So we're going to have to do some things and not do others. We're going to have to see some things and not see others. And we can do that just sort of by bumbling around, or we can actually make decisions. And if we're making decisions, it would sure be good if we had a way to make those decisions if we actually had the discernment to decide what is good and what is not good. And Paul goes even farther than that and doesn't say, I just want you to pick some good things instead of some bad things. He's like, I want you to discern what is best. So that even when you're deciding between two good things, you can say which is best. He says, that's what I want for you. I want what is best. And I want you to be able to discern that as your knowledge of who God is and your insight in what he's doing in your life and in the world makes your love abound more and more. And as you continue to grow and live that way, you can start to tell, wait a second, this doesn't get me any closer to Jesus. It doesn't get anybody else closer to Jesus. What in the world? This one does. Let's go there, you know? So I want you to be able to discern what is best and maybe pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Here he combines kind of two things that Jesus says. If you remember, and these are two things, we repeated these a lot. In John 15, when he's talking to the disciples, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Right? You remember this? If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. If you remember the uh, Israelites going into the promised land, just you know, the spies going in to kind of check it out ahead of time, and they come back, and they've got these clusters of grapes that are so big that they're like, Several people are carrying it together. 
because the vine is just full of fruit. This is a good thing. And Paul's saying, that's what I want in your life, but that fruit is the fruit of righteousness. Like you're actually living right, the way you were made to live, in right relationship with God and with others and with the whole creation. So I want your life to be like that, that that's what's coming out of you, that it's just overflowing, it's abundant and good and wonderful. Another thing Jesus says, not only does that come from being connected to him, but he also says in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for this righteousness. Who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. He says, if this is really what you want, this is really what you'll get. It's just most of us don't tend to want that a lot of the time. But he says, if you want this, stay connected to me. And this is where, where it will lead. And so Paul is praying that for the Philippians. They will be filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. And then, of course, he says, to the glory and praise of God. That's what it's all about. Not that Paul would get glory, not that the Philippians would get glory, but that all of it would be seen as what God is doing in and through them as he grows them into the people he made them to be. So the third part of our <laughs> kind of application for us is to pray this prayer. I'm going to encourage you to at least once a day this week, pray this prayer for at least one person besides yourself and for yourself. Every day this week. That these kinds of things would start to affect how you pray. That these sorts of ideas of what it looks like to grow in Christ, to abound in love, to discern what is best, and all the praise of God for his glory. That that would be what starts to shape your prayer life for yourself and for others. And then God, in response to these prayers, would do exactly what he's promised to do. And then he would actually continue and complete the work that he's begun in us. This has been a good five years in ECO. It is good to have partners in the gospel, whether with each other in this church or whether this church and the denomination or whether even our denomination and churches in other denominations. You saw in the video earlier all the churches that were partnered together. There was a lot of different denominations uh, that were represented there. And it's good to have partners in the gospel as we move forward. All for the glory of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.